Praise God for His goodness. You know, uh, it's just a good thing. We're, we're talking about, uh, Pastor Scarlett and I were talking about the admonition, you know, of forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together. And, uh, do you think that when those words were uttered and put in the Bible, do you think that the Holy Spirit knew about 2020? You think he knew about COVID and, and, uh, social distancing and all that? And yet still put it in the Bible. <laughs> and, uh, so I just want to encourage you, amen. Uh, you know, maybe I, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are, uh, out there that are waiting for the vaccine and w- waiting for other things. And I'm not going to touch that or judge it. You just, you follow your heart. You do what you have on your heart to do. Amen. Yeah. What you feel, what you feel, uh, comfortable doing. But I'll be sure glad when all that's been done and everybody can, you know, feel safer again. Amen. And, uh, let's not make it a habit to not go to church. I'm, I'm preaching to, uh, not, I'm not preaching to the choir that's in here. I'm preaching to you out there on the screen. I'm not rebuking you by any means, but uh, just to say that it's a good thing to keep it in mind. Amen. To, uh, in fact, they did, uh, I saw a news article on Fox News. They did a, a survey or some kind of a research, and that they said this last year that those who managed to get out and go to church uh, we're doing better uh, psychologically, emotionally, physically, financially, in every way. Those that were going and attending church still were doing better than the average population that is not going to church. So uh, I think there's something to it. The Holy Ghost doesn't just give us assignments uh, just to test us to see if we'll do it or not. Amen. There's benefits to serving the Lord. Amen. And so that's why we preach the way we do about church attendance, tithing, giving, participation, uh, serving, amen, and serving one another. Uh, do you realize when you serve in, in a local church, um, you know, even if, even if who you think's important or whatever doesn't see it, the Lord sees it. And the Bible says he's not unjust to, to, um, forget our labor of love, amen. And uh, there's reward. How many believe there's reward in in, ser- in serving? And really, when we do something in the church, if it's vacuum the carpet or take out the trash or whatever we're doing in any small thing, uh, you know, it, uh, we're serving one another by doing that, aren't we? Amen. And ultimately, collectively, then we're serving the Lord. So I know I sound like a 1942 preacher this morning, you know, with those kind of sermonettes, little sermonettes, but it's still the truth today. It will always be the truth. And even when the coolest, seeker-sensitive pastors no longer, their tattoos are sagging and uh, their cool haircut is balding, <laughs> it'll still be true. <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord. That felt good. Just gratuitous slap. All right, Philippians, hallelujah. Let's look at something Paul said. How about that? Instead of Pastor David ranting and raving. 
<laughs> oh, I can rant and rave with the best of them. Philippians 3, glory to God. How many love the Word of God? Paul is writing here, and uh, this is a, I believe Philippians 3 is a very important passage of Scripture. I mean, it's all important, but this one, some of them carry more weight than others, seems like, in our lives, and this is really good for us. You know, our salvation and righteousness is by grace, by God's gift, amen? Right? Like the banner scripture for all evangelicals is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He graced or gave His only Son. Amen? So, you know, grace isn't something you have to try to do (laughs) or something you try to get. Grace is all on God's side. Grace is everything that God has done for us because He loved us. Amen? And you know that scripture that I harp on a lot in Ephesians. I get bogged down in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, and 4, and 5. The book of Ephesians, I get bogged down in it because it's so wonderful. You just, you know, it's like sitting in a hot tub or something somewhere. You know, you just don't want to get out because it just feels so good. But that's the way it is with Ephesians. To me, spiritually, it's like, it's like a prime rib dinner. I mean, it's something really to sink your teeth into. Amen. And, uh, one of the, and it, and it, it explains grace there in a beautiful way by uh, Paul, uh, not it, but Paul expl- ex- explains it. The scripture explains it well in that he said that he, you know, he poured out from the riches of his grace all this love. And it says, why did he do it? And the Bible says clearly, because he wanted to. <laughs> Amen. By what does he say? By the pleasure, uh, the the good pleasure of his will. Amen. Meaning, because he wanted to. When you get to be God, you can do what you want to do. Amen. But God is God, and he wanted to. He chose, and he wanted to to love his children. Amen. And so grace. It's not something we have to try to attain to. We have it. God gave it to us. From grace, we understand right standing with God, righteousness, which is righteousness is a big word for right standing. In other words, uh, you're good to go. Like Second uh, uh, Corinthians five seventeen through, what is it, 2021 20, there, in the Amplified says that we are, finally we're approved, and accepted by God. In other words, you're good to go. God's going, you're good to go. Because of His grace, you have right standing. Amen? You have righteousness. And uh, the reason I said all that is because Paul then gives us constant challenge to have faith, uh, to have faith righteousness rather than flesh righteousness. In other words, we know we're right with God because we believe the scriptures. Hallelujah. Now we're not only forgetful, we're not for just get 
we're not forgetful hearers, but we are doers of the word as well. Amen? And so we know that by faith in what Christ has done, we have right standing. Now there's others <laughs> that Paul was battling against all the time. Of course, you had the Jews who were hanging on to Moses' law for righteousness' sake. And remember, he said in the book of Hebrews, uh, assuming, we are assuming, because nobody knows for sure, but assuming that Paul wrote Hebrews, um, he said that the, the problem with the old covenant was it never had the ability to make those who came clean. It could cover their sins, but never remove them. Amen. The blood of Jesus is the stain remover. Amen. The sin remover. It doesn't, it doesn't just cover your sin. It removes it as if it had never occurred. Praise the Lord. And so you've got the Jews here who are just hanging on to Moses' law. We're gonna, we're gonna, the, uh, Paul said it was vanity to think that you're gonna, and the part of the curse of that is believing in something that's gonna happen that, that's impossible. Amen. It's like pouring molasses in your gas tank and wondering why the thing won't go. Well, if I keep putting enough in there, it'll finally go. Well, you got the wrong fuel. You're, you're going to gum up the engine and ruin it. You understand that? So uh, it's like trying to get righteous through Moses' law. It's nothing against Moses, nothing against the Jews. It's not anti-Semitic preaching here. It's just you can't get there. Paul said you can't get there. He said, yeah, uh, uh, if, if we, and, and think about it, if you could get there through Moses' law, then it makes the, the, uh, finished work of Christ of no effect. It makes it a mockery, really. It makes a mockery of Christ. Like, how foolish to go die on a cross and, and be tortured to death for, and you didn't have to. And then God would have lied to him in the garden during the prayer, right? He said, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. God would have said, well, there is one, but very few can attain to it. So therefore, you have to go die on the cross. No, he said, there is no other way because God is not pleased with all this works. So it's not anti-Moses. It's not anti-Moses law. It's not anti-Judaism or Jews, but it's just the fact that hanging on to that old system uh, prevents you from really entering into a place of the Spirit. Amen. All right. So are you with me today? So you getting anything out of this? I love this kind of deal here. So here you have that. And uh, so maybe, you know, you grew up evangelical enough to know that, well, that, that of course, we don't try to keep Moses' law we don't meet on Saturday. We don't make the women cover their heads. We don't, you know, make sure all the men are circumcised. We don't do all these things. Uh, but we do uh, uh, hold on to the Presbyterian law or the Pentecostal law or any other law that is man-made and it's all about outward appearance. It's all about the flesh. Now, I tell you, I thank God for how far... Pentecost has come since 1906. 
It should have come, gone somewhere since 1906, right? But, uh, boy, I tell you, some, back there mid-century, I'm, I'm kind of mid-century modern antique here, I think, by, you know. <laughs> Say, well, oh, your church building's mid-century modern. Yeah, so's the pastor. But, uh, you know, mid, mid-century, uh, growing up and even into post-mid-century, boy, we had some rules and regulations. And, uh, you know, some, how many know what I'm talking about? You know, if you ever been around Pentecostal legalism, it's a, it's a terrifying thing. And you never can quite attain to holiness or righteousness. We're talking about attaining to righteousness. You can't attain it because they keep moving the peg. And every, about the time you think you've arrived, the peg gets moved. Or the thing you were abstaining from for your nearly your entire life, they suddenly pass a law and they go, well, that's okay now. So it was a sin yesterday, today, so you're good to go. I mean, you know, it just becomes, you just have no confidence in it whatsoever. Paul says that here in a minute. I have no confidence in the flesh. Amen. So we have really, it's, it's not, sometimes it kind of bleeds over, but the truth of the matter is trying to merit by flesh what can only be received by the Spirit, in other words, faith in the finished work of Christ, is, at best, it's futile. It's, it, it, you can't get anywhere with that. Amen? So what you'll do is you'll destroy any faith you have. You'll destroy any hope in your prayers being answered. You'll, you'll destroy any confidence in God because because all your consciousness will do is focus on where you failed in keeping these rules and regulations. Amen? And so you're, you're over here in the flesh. So isn't it funny that people that we've upheld as, oh my God, Sister Ledbetter, you know, she's Ledbetter and everybody else. Sister Ledbetter is, uh, oh, if, she, if there was ever a saint, she never cut her hair. She never, you know, Rouge never touched her her holiness cheeks, you know, uh, you know, lipstick never stained her lips. You know, I mean, all this that used to be kind of held up as holiness actually was a celebration of the flesh. The very thing that we said we were against, we don't want anything in the flesh, and yet we were absorbed in the flesh. It was all about how you wore your hair, how you did the thing, where, you know, blah, 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 on and on, right? I mean, we can stay here all day and read about all and, and recite all the things that we're abstaining from and adhering to to keep ourselves where God can accept us. So we're trying to present ourselves from the flesh to God instead of presenting ourselves in the Spirit by faith. Amen? God looks on the heart. It doesn't mean that it's a free-for-all, get in the other ditch, willy-nilly, go around, you know, naked all the time and crazed out of your mind. That is not, that is not any kind of balance either. But what I'm trying to tell you is that to try to please the Lord through the flesh, it, 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 you're, you're in the wrong kingdom. Amen. We please the Lord through the Spirit. Amen. Well, what kind of spirit are you talking about? I'm talking about the indwelt Holy Spirit that every believer has. Hallelujah. You know, uh, 
when when you're saved, the Holy Spirit comes in. Jesus uh, said uh, that, uh, or the Bible says that when He breathed upon them, Amen, and the Holy Spirit came inside of them. Praise God for the indwelt, uh, abiding Spirit. Can you say Amen to that? So the Holy Spirit comes in and. Uh, and that's where the transformation takes place. Preach, Pastor. Praise God. Appreciate all the shouters and everything. We're going to keep it calm in here. We don't want anybody getting their toes stomped on during the Holy Ghost chicken dance. Anyway, let's pick up a little scripture here where Paul said, uh, uh, so I'm trying to lay a foundation, I hope you're, or introduction. Philippians 3, 2 says, Beware of dogs. Now, he's not talking about Fido. He's not talking about Blanche. Blanche the bulldog who runs our home now. Please pray for your pastors. We've been taken over by a French bulldog. Beware of dogs. He's talking about spiritual dogs. Now, it's interesting that he uses the word dogs because Jesus used the word dogs in telling that Syrophoenician woman that she was a dog. Well, what does he mean then by a dog? Well, a dog would be a person here without a covenant. Beware of those without a covenant. He said, beware of evil workers. Beware, he's almost saying especially, of the concision. Who's the concision? Okay, this is a little heavy for Sunday morning. But the concision are the self-circumcised. They got so condemned about not being circumcised that they did the deed themselves. Can you imagine? You know, hopefully nobody's selling that kit on the Internet. They sell everything else, you know. Circumcise yourself in three easy steps. For, he says, for we, see, we're talking, see, that's all flesh there. And see, people that have suffered in the flesh for the sake of what they think is right standing with God and attaining to something spiritual, they are really dedicated. You talking fanatics. That's why they want to impose it on you. You get that? Well, I've paid the price all these years. Well, what'd you get for that? What's that song, Ruby, they used to sing? Work, work my fingers to the bone. What did I get? Bony fingers, you know. Work your fingers to the bone for the Lord and you'll get bony fingers. Okay. We are the, we are the circumcision. Now he's talking spiritually. In other words, uh, we've been set aside. Amen. Uh, sanctification we're talking here. We are the circumcision, which worship God in the Spirit. In other words, we have the mark. Because he said dogs, that's covenant talk. Circumcision is covenant talk. The idea of circumcision was a mark of the covenant. A cut, a mark of the covenant. And so he says we are the cut. We are the mark of the covenant when he says circumcision. Which worship God in the flesh. Is that what it says? In the Spirit. And rejoice in 
ourselves and how well we've kept the rules of the first Pentecostal. No. Rejoice in Christ Jesus. What's our rejoicing going to be? In how, how well we serve the Lord and all that we do? No. In Christ Jesus. We're going to rejoice in what He's done. We're going to rejoice in what He's doing. This is a stomper sermon. Stomping, praise God. Thank God we don't have a cement platform because there's no noise with those. Have the confidence and have how much? No confidence in the flesh. You see, this is the contrast. Do you understand that all of Paul's revelation is this? Every, he's just saying it. He's got the same message. He, he is a one sermon dude, Paul. They all know these all these scriptures. Yeah, but they say the same thing. He's just telling us different ways to get to the same conclusion. That we are not saved by works. We are not accepted by merit. We are not put with God by the flesh. Uh, genealogical charts. Amen? I've been in the genealogical chart meeting. I mean, it's in craziness to me in gospel ministry for something like that to come up. Are you listening? Unless you're tracing the lineage of Christ. If you're tracing the lineage of Christ, do your genealogical, genealogical chart. But don't do your genealogical chart and come up with, you got a group of people exempt from the gospel. That is insane. Praise God. Don't get me off on that. As you know, I can park there and soapbox. You know, there's a difference in preaching and soapboxing. And uh, every now and then, I'm tempted to the soap. Praise the Lord. Some preachers smell like soap. They spend so much time on the soapbox. Do you think this modern generation even knows what a soapbox is? Probably not. They might know what a soap opera is. I don't know. Their lives are soap operas, let me tell you. It's all drama and trauma. Uh, I have no confidence in the flesh. You can't get to the spirit through the flesh. Spirit to spirit. That's why you are a spirit. Amen? That's why we are, understanding spirit, soul, and body is so important. We need to teach on that like half the year. Because people don't get that. They think that they're a soul and a body. No, you have, the spirit is the eternal you. Amen? It's the eternal you. It's the part that came from heaven, I believe, at conception, and goes back to heaven after, hopefully, if you've accepted Christ. Amen? Praise the Lord, the eternal you, the, the, the real you, the you that is supposed to be in charge. Hallelujah. The, the you that the Spirit of God speaks directly to and it'll bypass your mind. I'm all riled up. What's happened? Uh, you, it'll bypass your mind and bypass your experience and your pain and your whatever you're going through 
and speak directly to the inside of you. That's what, hallelujah, and that's what saves us from this untoward, ridiculous, uh, in a sense, damned world that we live in. It's cursed. The Bible says the world is cursed. That's why we have to use Roundup or whatever. There were, there were not thorns and thistles before. There's some kind of a mutation of something, right? Amen. Praise God. Preach, Pastor. He says, I have no confidence in the flesh because it's futile. It's, it's, it's like a bad investment. It's, it's a time waster. It won't get you anywhere. You can talk all day about being fourth generation Pentecostal or whatever, and that's nice and you understand a little heritage and culture, but I'm telling you what, that's not what gets you to God. God doesn't look at that. Glory. Y'all get anything out of this? Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinks that he has Whatever he might trust in the flesh, I more. I'll beat y'all, he said. Circumcised the eighth day. Flesh of the tri- of the stock of Israel. That's flesh too, isn't it? Of the tribe of Benjamin. Flesh. We're talking tribalism here. These are all important in religion, but has nothing to do with the Spirit of God. Now, I got friends right now that would throw me under the bus for saying that. Oh, you know, the goat, the goat, the goat voice comes in. <coughs> oh, Brother Horton, you know, the goat. People get religious and their goat voice comes out. Oh, I'd be careful if I were you. <laughs> I didn't write this. Paul did. Write your complaint letter to him. He said it's all flesh. He said, in the flesh, boasting in the flesh, here's the details. I didn't make that up. Glory to God. Hebrew of the Hebrews is touching the law of Pharisee, meaning he was a professional law keeper and a professional law, like a lawyer that would, you know, uphold the law of the land, he's a religious lawyer upholding the law of the synagogue, the temple. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. I was preaching along these lines one time in a gospel meeting. I don't want to divulge too many details or folks have figured it out. But I was in a gospel meeting preaching along these lines one time and one of the other speakers and the person that was hosting the meeting spoke up and said, we don't like this. Literally said, we don't like it. you got to put it another way. Because they thought I was attacking the Jews. And they felt like they were the defenders of the entire nation of Israel. I think they've got a few fighter jets and stuff for that. But... We've got these intercessory prayer people who think that they're defending 
the nation of Israel there, and if they get out of the way, it's all down the hill. I, I don't think that the government of Israel would appreciate that position, but nonetheless, this is what they hold to. Praise the Lord. Why do I get off on that all the time? I know I've got like, I gotta pray through that. It's gotta, I gotta deal. But you've got to read this, and you know what is the coolest thing? It's, this is Paul writing this, and he's a Jew. That's the thing. If he was an outsider, then it might be suspect. But he is a Jew. He just told you he's the biggest Jew you've ever seen. He's got the best pedigree. He's got the best credentials. That's what he's saying. All of my stuff that I would walk around in these Pharisee robes and have a special seat in the synagogue and, and, and I, I dragged Christians to their death because they were not following the rules. Are you listening? And he's going to say something really bold here. I don't care. Uh, you preach this and folks go, I don't know, it just makes me nervous. Well, be delivered in Jesus' name. I've got the hammer out today. I said I was going to use it and I'm using it, aren't I? Horton the hammer. Sounds like a fighter guy from Brooklyn. Have you seen Horton the hammer? You know. Touching the law of Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Listen to this part. This is those who say, well, I'm not talking about all Jews. I'm talking about those that are covenant keepers. Well, listen to that. Touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. So he's saying, I'm one of those. I'm one of those covenant keeping Follow the law, Jews. That's what he's saying. Is is he not saying that? But those things which were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Here it comes. He's going to say worse. In case you didn't get that. He says, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all those things. I have, I have allowed, when he said suffered, he means I have allowed all this pedigree to go to waste so that I could have something greater. And do count them. Are you ready? Brace yourself before lunch. For dung. Does anybody know here what the meaning of the word dung is? It's not good. There's other words that we could say, but we're in the holy place. But the English explanation of it is excrement. He said it's excrement. I mean, he could not have called his pedigree anything worse. Oh, is anybody getting any of this? This is not anti-Semitic. This is not anti-Jew. He is a Jew. Praise God. Jesus is a Jew. Moses is a Jew. Pretty sure. 
Abraham's a Jew. This is not preaching the gospel. It's not anti-Semitic. It's not hateful. We've been told on Israel trips, now don't share the gospel with anybody because we don't want to offend. What about Paul? Hello? I know there's a place for things and you don't necessarily want to be, you know, walk up to the prime minister of Israel and cast the devil out of him or something. I mean, you know, come on. There, we do have charismatic wackos that have done weird things and you sometimes have to give people directions. But I'm talking about in general, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for every, to the Jew first and then to the Greek. You can't exempt a whole group of people based on an old covenant that Hebrew says it was done away with. Ugh. This is why I have a church full of people just begging for a seat. Just such a popular message now. Praise God. You know, if we wanted to be really popular, we would preach a universalist message. I'm telling you, that is the pressure, not only from the world, but from the church world. There's pressure to preach universalism. And everybody's already saved, they just don't know it, and blah, 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 blah. Well, who? Hey, we don't need a Bible. Let's just... Let's just sing Peter, Paul, and Mary songs and have a smoke machine and cappuccinos. Well, I'm not against cappuccinos. I don't know about Peter, Paul, and Mary for Sunday morning. We're not talking about the Peter, Paul, and Mary from the Bible. We're talking the singing group. Like the mamas and the papas type folk. War protest songs. Let's just become flower children. And if you're going to San Francisco, be sure to wear a flower in your hair, okay? Um, he called it dung. Not to be mean or hateful. Amen? But to, to, to make the comparison of the flesh and the value of the flesh, we're talking about in spiritual things here, folks. That the value of merit-based Christianity compared to faith in the finished work of Christ is so far removed and the thing that Christ, it's like taking the, the queen's crown and comparing it to a bag of dirt in value. Which one do you think is more valuable? The crown. And he's saying it in that way. He said, I, I'm going to count all this that was gained to me. I'm going to, I see it as what it was. It was a competitor with the, with, with Christ. A competitor with real grace. A competitor with real righteousness. And an enemy. He, he told the lawmongers. <laughs> I feel like I'm at Yosemite Sam today. I got 
two guys, you know, shoot them all. You still want to shoot yourself in the foot while you're shooting, right? Be careful. Glory to God. He, he told them that they were enemies of the cross of Christ. And so when you see your own merit, you're trying to earn something from God that God's already given you through Christ and you're trying to work God over and manipulate Him in some way when He's, when He's already given us all things, including Christ, it, it, it makes, it'll make you a little angry at your flesh. And a righteous anger, a righteous indignation. You can see that Paul could still speak of those things and identify them, but he called them dung. Not throw it away and have nothing, but he says, I'm going to reject all that. Any goodness or righteousness that came of that is so nothing. This is again his comparison of the Ten Commandments to the New Testament. He said any good that came out of that and just keeping that as a rule and a legalism, he says, is, is there's no light on it at all compared to the light in the New Testament when the Holy Spirit comes in you and you have life and a, the stony heart's taken out and your heart of flesh is put in. Ah! When a self combust. What happened to the pastor? I don't know. You see that black spot on the carpet? He just combusted. He's so on fire, he blew up in a flame. I knew he was going to burn. I knew. I knew. You know. I have, I have those people and that I know. He says, and... The word and is important because it conjoins what was just said. That I may win Christ. Okay, what do I get by rejecting my flesh stuff and my little trophy? Tiny school attender of the year, you know. (laughs) I count that all is done that I may win the following. Because there's a prize for this that I may win Christ and be found in Him and be found in Him. Not found in the dung pile, but found in Him. And having, not having, woo! My own, I'm the only shouter in the whole building. Not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of Christ by faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being made conformable unto His death if by any means I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Now, as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. Not as though. He says, I'm not saying I'm perfect. 
You know, and again, from a flesh viewpoint, I'm not perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Glory to God. I'm reaching for Christ and Christ is reaching for me. He's not, he's not walking along saying, away plebes, go away. No, praise God. <laughs> he's reaching for us and we're reaching for Him. At the same time, we're apprehending one another. Brethren, and we'll include sistren, I count not myself to have apprehended this or to have gained it all, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm going to let go of all that was actually in the way. Because James said, a double-minded man, don't let him think he receives anything of the Lord. You can't have one foot in the merit bucket and another one over here in faith. Because you'll be, be confused. Your soul will be confused. I started to say something about that, about spirit, soul, and body. You know, your soul is the mind, will, and emotions. Some people get that confused with their spirit. But if you'll listen, the spirit man is always clear. And the spirit of God speaks clearly to the spirit. And sometimes your mind, will, and emotions will be arguing with the decision you've made in the spirit. But you go, that's okay. Y'all ain't in charge. The soul committee, the soul train. Soul train's not in charge, amen? Mind, will, and, mind, will, and emotions. The spirit man is in ascendancy. And all this lives in the body. This is just our earth suit. This that we see here. <laughs> Is our earth suit. Amen? It's our vehicle. It's our biological, physiological vehicle that God has given us to live on this earth. Amen? And some people spend their whole lives just on their body. Others spend their whole lives, you know, educating their mind. But I'll tell you where, where the real fruit is, is in building the spirit. Amen? And connecting with God in the spirit realm. Woo! There's where the power is. And then you can keep your mind quiet and not in charge ever. And because fear is not a spiritual thing. Fear does not get in your spirit. Fear is in your emotions. It's in your, it's in your imagination of how, what could happen, how this could go bad. Amen? But our spirit man is strong in the Lord. And sometimes we gotta tap into the spirit to get find the way. I hope this has helped you today. I'm excited about it. So what I was gonna say, oh, here's the wrap up for since it's the last service of the year for us. Anything from the past, negative too in the flesh, these were these were positive flesh things that he counted as done. But we, especially the negative flesh things, we need to count as dung right here and now. Amen? 
And what do you do with dung? You flush it. <laughs> right? You get rid of it. And, uh, or if it's your, if it's your dog that's done something, you get your little baggie and pick it up. Or your neighbors will report you in the neighborhood, uh, internet thing. I have not been reported, no. So. Now you know. But, uh, there are people, I see their names in there. And they'll take their picture and put it on the internet with their giant dog. You know who you are. But, uh, praise God, negative things are dung as well. Anything of the flesh. And you know, if you, if you have a grudge, <laughs> if you have a grudge from 2020, you need to get rid of it before you go on into the new year. Just leave it behind. You don't need that extra toxicity. That's a big word, isn't it? I went to school in Georgia. We were 49th in the nation for education. Scarlett and I went to Georgia schools. Praise the Lord. That's why we're geniuses today. Praise the Lord. Anyway, um, we, um, Mississippi was always 50. You could count on them. Praise God. At least we're not Mississippi. Anyway, uh, we're pretty bad, but not that bad. Hallelujah. Take all the stuff from the past. Hurts, disappointments. All that stuff will sap the life out of you. Well, I'm just so disappointed that didn't work out. Well, I don't know why. Whatever it is, it all sounds the same. Well, you know, I don't know. My kids didn't come see me at Christmas. Well, you know, it's just, you know, leave that stuff behind. I'm preaching to me. I'm preaching to me. I'm preaching to the pastor. Y'all pray for me. But I'm telling you, I'm determined to leave anything that I'm aware of negative in, in this year. I am not going to drag it over to 2021. And if you've got sickness or pain or suffering, you know, just declare, I'm leaving this behind in this year. I ain't taking this into the next year. This year is going to, next year is going to be better. Praise God. I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to be healthier. I'm going to be more alert and have more energy and get more done and be a greater blessing. And I'm going to forgive people and let things go and don't sweat small stuff. It's all small stuff. Don't sweat anything. Amen. Let it go. Well, I didn't get my way. Well, big hairy deal. Praise the Lord. Just let it go. Amen. And, and just move forward in faith and peace and joy and just declare, I'm going to have the fruit of the Spirit like you can't believe. We're going to have a harvest of the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Bushels and bushels of fruit of the Spirit in my life. Amen. And declare these beautiful things that God has given us. Declare it over yourself. Declare it over your wife, your, your husband, your family, your friends, your church. Amen. Your community, your city, your mayor, the governor. Hallelujah. The president. <laughs> anyway, praise God. You know, I mean, I got to change my attitude about the president. I have to. I'm not going to the name. But uh I will. I'll I'll, I'll fix it, but I just got to work on that, you know. Cuz I don't like their politics, but so what? 
That doesn't change the word. I'm commanded to pray for him anyhow. <laughs> right? Amen. Say, so, well, I didn't like, I don't know, the election was stolen or whatever. Well, okay, whatever, but what it is is what it is. And you're still commanded to pray for him. Amen. Say, so, and in fact, the worse they are, the better, the more you better pray. It's more fun to curse, isn't it? More fun to curse than to pray sometimes. But we need to stop that and start praying for them. And, and amen. But you just declared this year God's going to use me in a greater way than He ever has. Uh, you may not even know what that means. I don't know what that means, but God does. Amen. I'm, God's going to use me in a greater way. I'm going to be a greater blessing. I'm going to be a blessing to those around me. I'm going to be a blessing to the church. I'm going to be a blessing to the things of God. I'm going to be a blessing to the name of Jesus. Amen. And I'm, I'm going to have the best year I've ever had. The most health, the most wealth, the most blessing. I don't know about you. I want to be a blessing to people, don't you? I want to do more, not less. You know, hoard everything up and sit on it and guard it. That's the way most people live. And then when they pass on, the kids come bring the dumpster and dump it all anyway. It's the truth. I've seen it happen. You know, well, mama never used those linens. That's why they turned yellow on the edge because they were never used. And then, you know, it's just like it all gets, just, just gets thrown away anyway. Folks, this world is temporary. This life is temporary. And we've got to live like, think eternally and spiritually. Set your affection on things above, not on the things of the earth. Preach, pastor, we love it. (laughs) Amen. Is this helping anybody? Let's lift our hands and thank God for the word today. Good word to end 2020 with. Amen. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your blessings. In Jesus' name, we love you, Lord. Now, Lord, I just pray for anybody out there that's watching that has a, a, a health need, a wealth need of any kind. In Jesus' name, I command the devil to take his hands off of God's people. I thank you, Lord, for your healing touch today. I thank you for wholeness. I thank you for the blood of Jesus. I thank you for the name of Jesus. I thank you for the comfort of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, be healed and whole. And be supplied in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. I mean, you should start declaring right now, this week, there's going to be unexpected money come to me. This week, there's going to be increase. This week, God's going to show Himself strong in different areas of my life. And and I'll have a testimony of what the Lord has done. Amen. Glory to God. That's what you need to be saying and, and believing. And I believe with you. And Pastor Scarlett, we believe with you for a breakthrough this week. How many need a breakthrough this week? I thank you for a breakthrough, Lord. A miracle. Something that the Bible says, everything you set your hand to will prosper. If you've set your hand to something and it looks like it's not prospering, speak prosperity to that, to that investment, to that project, 
to that thing that you're doing. Amen. Speak life to it. It's easy to get mad and curse it, but don't go there. Stay out of the flesh and get in the spirit. In Jesus' name. All right. Praise God. Let's lift our hands one more time. Thank God for his goodness. Praise you, Lord. You're worthy to be praised. You've done great and mighty things. Amen.